Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. nails on that return for you hard rock fans. I don't know how many tune in on a daily basis, but it's one of my favorite returns that we have. It's Brendan Escott in today on Oilers Now, 1233 in Edmonton. Guests of the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. You can head on down to 9990 Jasper Avenue and tell Brendan, Maggie, Taylor, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers Now sent you. Taylor Medic actually uh, was my predecessor as the voice of the Sherwood Park Crusaders, as a matter of fact. Now, uh, taking a bit of a deeper dive into the restaurant and hospitality injury as meds. Uh, pleased to be joined, as we are each Monday, on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline by our NHL insider, John Shannon. And John, I've got a weird one for you out of the gate here. Over the weekend, I was at the dentist, uh, which I had been procrastinating for the better part of a decade because I know that my wisdom teeth need to come out. But... Our good friend Bob Stoffer had them recently taken out, and of course, he's quite the elder to me, and he said, Brendan, go get your wisdom teeth removed. So off the top of the question, I guess I have to know, John, are your, are your wisdom teeth still in your head, or did you get them removed? Okay, first of all, you didn't go to the dentist for 10 years? It was more like seven, and believe me, when I had to admit that on, to them, you color me embarrassed. The, you, you did not go to the dentist for seven years? I guess I admitted that on the radio, didn't I? Yeah. Guess well, how many cavities I had, though. I don't. No, no. You, you, you listen. Every nine months for that checkup, Brendan. You know, get them cleaned. You know, like, you know. Come on. I, I mean, I, I don't have to. I mean, I have enough trouble looking after stuff, or I don't have to look after you, do I? <laughs> no, no, not anymore. Not anymore. You see, I, I pulled out my socks and I went in, and uh, and we got it taken care of. So I've got the listeners. And when they ask you, and when they ask you at the end of your uh, appointment, do you want to make your next appointment? The answer should be yes. Let's make it for nine months from now. Absolutely. Duly noted. Okay, Duly noted. Okay. Um, so I hope you had a good weekend enjoying all this playoff hockey. We never did get an answer, by the way. I mean, you sound as though there's plenty of wisdom left in your head, but did they pull those teeth out? Uh, no. In fact, and my mother, who uh, has passed away, she passed away at 92, still had her wisdom teeth, and so did her mother. So I think that uh, it's uh, something genetic that they... Uh, in this family that we don't need our wisdom teeth removed. Blessed with a solid jaw. And you would hope that'd be the case if you're a member of the Vancouver Canucks going up against Vegas based on what we saw uh, last night. Vegas taking it to him physically. John, I think we kind of expected, you know, a tone-setting uh, performance that way. And I, I really had a lot of time for how hard they forechecked the Canucks mobile defense. I imagine they were excited to have a series where there was maybe, maybe a little bit more of a, a conducive 
conducive environment for an emotional leader like a Ryan Reeves. You know, he was able to get out there and and 54 hits, I think, was the total by the time it was said and done. So uh, give me your take on Vegas-Vancouver in, in a lopsided Vegas victory last night. Well, last night was men versus boys, and, and I think we got a real sense in so many ways how deep and physical and big uh, the Golden Knights are. Um, you know, they were they were designed by McPhee and, and McCrimmon to to be a a, a playoff team. Um, and as much as I was impressed with the Canucks uh, in the in the previous round against St. Louis, um, because they used their speed against the, the heavy hitting Blues, uh, when you're you know the guy that's big and fast can catch the guy that's little and fast. Uh, and uh, that to me was. Uh, that was a great education. I, I fully expect the Canucks will come out uh, with a little more physical play. Uh, and if they don't, then this thing could be over quite quickly. Uh, but when you can do what you did to Quinn Hughes all night, when um, it, when Elias Pettersson was relatively invisible through the night, uh, Brock Besser, no shots on goal. Pettersson, no shots on goal. Hughes, no shots on goal. Um, you know this team. This te- the Canucks thrive on speed and shots on net, and they uh, they did not really accomplish any of that last night. Yeah, I, I totally agree, John. It seemed like their stars were very quiet. Um, now, on the broadcast, I believe it was Louis saying, or it might have been Berkey, but either way. Um, Dragging Ryan Reeves into that fight with a guy like Antoine Roussel as really your your sort of main proprietor of the extracurriculars, if you're the Canucks, I mean, is it maybe in their better interest to, to try and leave that sleeping dog lie, especially when you saw sort of the motivation and, and the tone that that set for the rest of the Golden Knights lineup? First of all, I've never seen anybody have more fun on the ice than Ryan Reeves did last night. I mean, he, he just absolutely enjoyed himself. Uh, and and it, it goes to in many ways, and maybe some people will disagree, but the art of intimidation. Uh, and he became a distraction for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, he, you know, he wasn't going to, you know, there, there might be a goal every once in a while, but he wasn't going to be the key uh, playmaker for, for Vegas. Uh, but he, what he did do was he, he, he did a good job of, of bothering a few players at, at key times. Um, you know, at three nothing, when Roussel said maybe you want to go, I, I think Ryan Reeves showed his maturity uh, and 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 didn't back down from Roussel. But he would say, "Why would I fight you now? I mean, it would only help you." It, it goes back to me to a, a, a Philadelphia Pittsburgh series, gosh, oof, a long time ago, um, when uh, the Flyers were up three nothing, and and in the end, Max Talbot and Danny Carcillo had a fight. And all it did was ignite the Penguins. And the Penguins came back and won the game and won the series. And everybody involved pointed to the Carcillo-Talbot fight. I think Carcillo beat the tar out of them. But at the same time, it was that emotional move. And we all know, whether you like it or not, we all know how emotional the game of hockey is. And that changed the tone. And there was no way Ryan Reeves was going to allow the Canucks to change the tone. 
Uh, chatting with our NHL insider, John Shannon. It's 1240 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now today. John, uh, just before we depart from that Vegas series, uh, we can't go without addressing uh, the Alan Walsh tweet. I know it wasn't up for a very long time, but long enough to cause the stir that I'm sure it was intended to. So basically the gripe is that he feels that his client and Marc-Andre Fleury is taking a backseat to Robin Leonard, and deservedly so. I mean, six of the last eight playoff starts going to the deadline acquisition Leonard. Um, what do you make of this situation? I, I, obviously, that wasn't handled particularly well, um, but moving forward, what kind of ground do you think was laid based on that? Well, I, 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 what the future is going to hold, I don't know. I mean, let's face it, they have Marc-Andre Fleury under contract uh, for the next two years. They're going to pay him cash-wise. Six and a half million dollars on a seven million dollar cap hit. Uh, Robin Leonard's an unrestricted free agent that's going to get a ton of activity because he's been he's done an amazing job of resurrecting his career, uh, starting with the time in the Islanders and even the time in Chicago. Uh, Pete DeBoer has made no bones about it in his career. He likes big goaltenders, uh, and was the driving force for the for the Golden Knights to to acquire. Uh, Leonard at the deadline uh, for 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 that reason. Um, whether it was to back up or to compliment Flurry, you know that's up for debate because I wasn't in the meetings. But at the at the end of the day, Leonard is the guy that DeBoer wants to play. He feels more comfortable with Leonard in. The problem becomes is what what the the perceived slight of Flurry. By I mean, not just by Alan Walsh, but by Flurry himself, because uh, I think I know everybody involved well enough to know that there's no way that Alan Walsh would go rogue on his client. You know, we've seen Alan do this before. He did it with Jonathan Drouin in Tampa. There was no way that Drouin was going to let Alan go off on his own. That was all choreographed. I believe this was choreographed. I think Flurry knew all about it from the beginning. Um, and so what the future brings is, I don't know, uh, whether they can find a way to move Flurry. What if they can't sign Leonard? Where does Flurry fit in? It, it, I, I really think this is far from over, other than the fact that p- people in the bubble will stay in the bubble and Flurry will help this team win the Stanley Cup or try to win the Stanley Cup at least. So for now, it's status quo. Uh, until next time, and next time will probably be after the Stanley Cup is awarded. Well, what's interesting is that, I mean, Leonard is, has complimented and praised Flurry for how he is as a teammate, so that is, you know, better, and obviously it doesn't seem to be upsetting the apple cart in terms of their performance on the ice, at least not yet, but but just to double down on what you said, John, I was reading a Jesse Granger's piece in the, in the Athletic this afternoon or this morning, and uh, he had a lot of similar things to say about what Marc-Andre Fleury didn't say that sort of, you know, almost echoed what Alan Walsh did say, but let's move out of the West. We'll move. Uh, well, hey, let, me, let me just let me just finish one thing. Sure. Flurry's issue is not with his teammates. Flurry's issue is with management. So there's no reason to think that he wouldn't be there to support Leonard and to support his teammates. Let's also remember from the time that Mark Andre Flurry ag- agreed to waive his no trade deal to be picked up by Vegas in the expansion draft, that Marc-Andre Fleury became the poster child for this franchise mm-hmm. in, an, in a non-traditional hockey market. Um, you know, the, the, the question then becomes in all of this, 
uh, and and this is not a criticism, it's a question, is where do you draw the line on loyalty to someone who gave up something to be part of this franchise? I don't have that answer. George McPhee can have that answer. Kelly can have that answer. Mark Andre can have that answer. Where will the loyalty lie? And uh, obviously, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. There are some people involved in this behind the scenes that think that, that the, the Golden Knights have not been loyal enough to Marc-Andre Fleury. And understandably so, as we chat here with our NHL insider, John Shannon. Just just with respect to the to the recent thing, and you look at bringing in an unres- uh, unrestricted free agent goaltender, I mean, if I'm Ken Holland, I'm probably taking a long look at, at what's going on here, because to me, I, you know, I don't know that a guy like Fleury is going to shake loose, but that would be a bit of a, an upgrade over the Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen scenario that they were uh, supposedly looking to upgrade. Now... We've already got the question that's come in. Maybe Edmonton can trade for Flurry. Uh, I was kind of joking with myself last night, John. Do I do I ask you like how how too early are we to even make that declaration right now? Uh, considering it just happened this weekend, I suggest that's probably very early for fans to be asking that question. Fair. Fair, but you know darn well there's two cities in this in this uh, league that will be asking that question, and they did as soon as it happened on Saturday, and that was Edmonton and Toronto. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that, John. I want to look at Boston and Tampa. I've got Tampa and have, and I'm going to just keep sticking with Tampa all the way to the cup final because to me, I mean, and this is a lot more of a sure bet with Stamkos in the lineup, but at some point, the depth of that team has to get it done. They keep adding at the deadline. They've got guys like Shattenkirk and Blake Coleman, and they're looking good, and yet save for a third period against that veteran Boston team, Boston looked like the better club. What did you see uh, out of that game, and what did you learn maybe from that uh, that Eastern Conference series? Well, I mean, if you're saying that you're going to stick with Tampa, what I can tell you is that all along on this show, I have said the Boston Bruins will win the Stanley Cup. So uh, I, 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 what I saw uh, was, you know, the best line in hockey dominate for 53 minutes. And I thought that, uh, you know, Pasternak, Bergeron, and Marchand were phenomenal. And that 3 nothing goal, which was, I mean, you can't draw it up any better with the forecheck, the drop pass, and, and then the finish by Marchand was absolutely phenomenal. When you can have chemistry like that, it's not a problem of being off for four and a half months. Uh, you know, I also think that uh, the Bruins were benefit, uh, benefits, uh, beneficial of uh, – having um, you know, the four and a half months for a guy like Zidane Ochara to rest up and be ready and be healthy for you know, this run in the bubble. Uh, the only question for me was what was going to happen in goal, and now I think we know that it's going to be Yaro Halak, who, by the way, is another Alan Walsh client, uh, Yaro Halak in goal for the duration. And, and whether, the, whether the Bruins will have an issue with Halak in goal particularly in this series where there's there's a potentially a couple of back-to-back. 
Now, he, uh, you know, they, they had the shutout going up into that third period, but you're right, that back-to-back, because right now, John, their backup is, uh, holy, uh, th- 2013, Ladar. 2015, third-rounder. Dan Vladar, yeah. Right, so a great yeah. American League goaltender, but this isn't exactly, like, put it this way, if there's an injury to Halak, they're going to be obviously in real hot water. That kind of goes without saying. Um you know, does Tampa, it, it, when Victor Hedman is out there playing 25 minutes, scoring two goals, and they still lose, I mean, is that kind of an indication that they're going to need a more well-rounded effort moving forward here, especially without the well, captain? Yeah, but I'll tell you what, though. The, it, you know, Braden, Braden Point did everything but score last night, and he was very good. Um, it, it, the, the question, because you know, the, there, there's a couple of big players on that team um, that, you know, if you look at their history, have they been able to rise to the occasion? You know, and, I, and I, I'm sorry, but the Hart Trophy winner, Nikita Kucherov, you know, the last two playoffs, he has not really excelled when you think about what he did last year and what he did the year before against Washington. You know, those are those are question marks. Is is this the, the classic case of uh, when, when the, you know, when the tough gets going, the going gets tough? And can Kucherov match the intensity of other players? David Krejci was very good last night. Jake DeBrusque, you talk about Louie on the show. Jake DeBrusque was fantastic last night. Sean Corelli was brilliant in a defensive role last night. The Bruins were firing on all cylinders for the most part. And the one guy actually was a real shame. The guy who I thought had a great game up until the third period and the, and the headman goals was Charlie McAvoy. Where both, and both goals deflected off him. This has been a coming out party in many ways for me of McAvoy. We've seen him play well, but now we're now this is this is a, a, a changing of the guard or the passing of the baton, whatever metaphor you want to use, to being Charlie McAvoy's blue line, uh, along with Chara and Krug. I want to ask you uh, a couple quick questions here. GM scenarios around the league. Uh, I'm hearing Kevin Weeks is actually, uh, you know, somebody that we've had on the show, of course. But down in Florida, he's emerged as one of the front runners, along with Bill Armstrong, as I understand it. What are you hearing on that front for Florida's GM? Well, I, uh, I, a front runner might be a little early, um, but uh, the uh, the list. Uh, and yes, Kevin has been interviewed. Kevin's actually been interviewed for another team. Uh, this spring as well uh, for a general manager's job. Uh, but to Billy Armstrong, who uh, lives here in Toronto, but is the head, uh, basically the, the number one uh, scout for Doug Armstrong of the Blues, has done a marvelous job for many years, is, is on the list. Scott Mellenby, who's uh, Mark Bergevin's uh, number two guy in Montreal, is on the list. Mike Fuda, who uh, has worked in L.A., was part of two Stanley Cups there, is on the list. And I'm told at some point uh, there's a possibility that... Uh, they might reach out to Lawrence Gilman, who was with the Canucks, with the Coyotes, and now is Kyle Dubas's number two guy here in Toronto. They might reach out to him as well. So that's the list. Uh, I'm not sure how quickly they want to do it, uh, but uh, it'll be interesting. To me, when you, when you look at the people, uh, the guy that makes the most sense for that market is Scott Mellenby, who is a former Panther, the man who invented the whole rat uh, storyline, uh, in the, in, the, in the mid-90s uh, at the old arena uh, and uh, has uh, worked very well in the hockey world for a number of teams and in particular uh, with Montreal in the last few years. 
Okay, and I wanted to get your thoughts uh, just on this last point here, John. Capitals letting go of of Todd Reardon. Um, timing has been called into question. Obviously, kind of a peculiar year to be making any sort of genuine assessment. But that said, it's not the first year that he's been bounced in the first round of the playoffs with that team. So, with that core signed, save for Alex Ovechkin, what do you what do you see happening? Uh, or what do you make, I guess, of the Capitals coaching uh, situation right now without Todd Reardon? Well, I, I think what you're seeing there is that uh, after two years of having Todd coach, who I, I think is a very good coach, but uh, the biggest criticism of, of Todd was that he didn't adapt very well. Uh, he didn't problem solve very well behind the bench, and 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 he would he would not deter from his game plan at one bit. Uh, and uh, when you you know when when you go up against the master and and that would be Barry Trotz in a, in a playoff round. Uh, quite frankly, he got out coached. And so I think that uh, between ownership and Brian McClellan, there was a real feel that we need to find somebody who has NHL pedigree and can manage a bench and adapt. You know, we saw John Tortorella manage a, be- a bench and adapt and got more out of his players than ever before. So I think you're going to see uh, the Capitals try to find somebody who, uh, who uh, has the ability to change on the fly uh, when the game plan's not working. If I were to suggest to you that maybe seeing how Dave Tippett was able to quickly, you know, uh, impose his experience on the bench for the Oilers and, and the way that they responded, even if you're just looking at special teams, let's say, do you think that maybe that helped at least creep into the mind there of, of uh, Brian McClellan when he was making that decision towards a more experienced coach? Oh, I th- certainly think it's a factor. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, you know, I think the, frust- the 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 frustration for Brian would be that you know, with with that that group of players he has, that core group, how long does the window stay open? And so you you, you can't be patient as Todd would learn to adapt. You know, the the shock of firing the coach and then finding somebody to come in and say, okay, this is what we're going to do, but I'm not afraid to make a change or two. Uh, becomes a, a real reality. I mean, it, and you don't need a guy, necessary guy with NHL experience. You need somebody who has feel for the bench and feel for his players. And you, for instance, I, th- I think Dave did have that during the season for the others. I think Travis Green has showed us that, and he didn't come into the NHL with it uh, this time around with a ton of NHL coaching experience. So I think it goes to the personality of that person. If there's somebody out there that has the ability to push the right buttons at the right time, and has has the has the ability to walk in and say, "Hey, listen, I have pedigree, you know." And, and with that roster, uh, I think that the Capitals uh, the Capitals should have done better. Now, in defense of Todd Reardon, if you looked at the roster that played in the bubble, there was nowhere near the depth on that roster this time around that when they won the Stanley Cup. And that wasn't Todd Reardon's fault. That's squarely on Brian's head right now. And they have to find a way to, to, to regain some of that depth because in the end, and we're going to learn this for the next six weeks, it's the stars that are good, but it's the depth that makes the difference. Agree on that point, John. Thank you, as always, for your time. We'll chat soon. Now, hold on. Ooh. Are you flossing every day? <laughs> I don't want to expose my whole dental history. I'm already getting no, picked well, apart in the text late, line. What do, you, what do you mean, Brendan? Late. You didn't go to the dentist for seven years, I, Brendan. I brushed seven twice. Seven years. <laughs> 
But your mother's listening to this, and she's she's going to be on the phone soon. I know. She, who do you think told me to go in, John? It was I was tired of getting nagged. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Yeah, please, I promise to bring you a proper dental hygiene plan next time we talk, okay? X-rays. You need x-rays, too. Don't forget x-rays. Oh, they took all that on Saturday. Believe me. I think I've got a <laughs> mutated brain. Thanks, John. That is our NHL insider and dental aficionado, John Shannon, here on Oilers Now. Uh, yeah, Cody, let's marry the brakes here, man. A lot, lots to cover there with uh, with John. And second round of the playoffs, we're cruising along here. And it's interesting that we're already as far along in this process as we are because it, it wasn't too long ago where we were sitting around twiddling our thumbs wondering if this was even going to get off the ground. And as you mentioned earlier, if you missed the beginning of the show, this is now four consecutive weeks with no positive cases in any of the uh, in, in either, excuse me, of the NHL bubbles. So kudos to all on that front. A couple texts here to wrap things up in the first hour of Oilers now uh <laughs> Cowtown Bob says going to the dentist at least once a year a very very good idea same with getting rid of those wisdom teeth in your early 20s Haas says uh John's not blessed with a solid jaw he's blessed with a big mouth <laughs> Haas come on <laughs> Uh, he also says, I never went to see the dentist as a child. At 55, I've only ever had two cavities. That's a caveat, people. I didn't go in there and then leave with like 40 cal- uh, cavities. I had two. Two cavities in, seven, what, seven years? I'm not doing too bad. Let's get these molars out of my head. We're off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell back with the Prince of Puns, Gene Principe, when we return. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.